This week, AIG Financial Products Clovis filed Chapter 11, Avaya Stakeholders Trade Restructuring Term Sheet to head a potential Chapter 11 filing. Regulators DOJ filed complaints against FTX founder SBF. Hello and welcome to the Reorg Podcast, where we bring the latest developments in high-yield distressed debt and bankruptcy. I'm David Zubkis. We'll be taking a brief recess from our weekly deep dive segment. We'll be back soon with more premium content. It's Friday, December 16th. AIG Financial Products Corp., a wholly owned direct subsidiary of American International Group, or AIG Inc., filed for Chapter 11 on Wednesday after a 14-year wind-down process stemming from the 2008-2009 financial crisis in which it had a marquee role. Debtors' filing includes a plan of reorganization, and the debtors say that they intend to pursue a Section 363 sale process for all assets as a fallback to reorganization. Founded in 1987, AIGFP in 1998 began writing credit default swaps, or CDS, on pools of mortgage-backed securities tied to subprime mortgage markets. These transactions were not hedged and required the posting of collateral if the underlying mortgage-backed securities market value declined. By spring 2005, the unhedged exposure on the CDS contracts had swollen to $40 billion. AIGFP stopped writing new mortgage-backed CDS, but its CDS portfolio had grown to approximately $533 billion in total notional amount by 2007. The debtor's proposed plan incorporates a settlement supported by parent AIG Inc. resolving the claims of holders of subordinated claims. Pursuant to the settlement of Class 7 subordinated claims vote to accept the plan, the parent would permit each holder of a subordinated claim to receive an equal share of a $1 million Class 7 cash pool, which the parent has consented to fund. Class 7 votes to reject the plan. Holders of subordinated claims would not be entitled to any distribution under the plan. Under the plan, AIG Inc., the debtor's parent entity, would not retain any existing AIGFP interest or receive any other distribution on account of the parent's allowed existing AIGFP interest. The plan also provides for the full satisfaction, settlement, discharge, and release of AIG Inc.'s $37.4 billion unsecured revolving loan claim in exchange for the parent's retention of its existing AIGFP interests. Clovis Oncology, a Boulder, Colorado headquartered biopharmaceutical company, and two affiliates filed for Chapter 11 on December 11th, reporting $319.2 million in assets and $754.6 million in liabilities. The company entered bankruptcy with two primary goals, preserving life-saving cancer treatments and maximizing the value of their assets through an auction and sale process, according to the first-day declaration of Executive Vice President and General Counsel Paul Gross. The debtors have a stocking horse purchase agreement in hand with Novartis Innovative Therapies AG. Under the agreement, Novartis had purchased the debtor's pipeline clinical candidate, FAP-2286, a novel approach to fighting cancerous tumor cells through targeted radionuclide therapy, for an upfront payment of $50 million plus up to $638.8 million in potential milestone payments. According to the first declaration, FAP-2286 is the lead candidate in the debtor's development of a pipeline of targeted radionuclide therapeutics. Debtors intend to continue marketing their, marketing their assets, including the FAP assets covered by the Novartis bid, as well, the, as well as other assets outside of the bid, including their Rubraca assets, both within and outside the United States. Rubraca is the debtor's only marketed drug and is approved in the United States for the treatment of metastatic castrate-resistant prostate cancer. On Tuesday, Avaya released cleansing materials related to several restructuring proposals, which include out-of-court proposals made by the company to convertible note and first-name lenders, the note holders' out-of-court counterproposals, in-court proposals made by the company to certain first-name parties, and the first-name parties' counterproposals. Although negotiations remain ongoing, the parties are likely now focused on dueling in-court proposals as the company reports that the first-name parties will not consent to the proposed out-of-court structures. Key terms of the in-court proposals, both for a pre-negotiated process, 
Contemplate a new money dip for consenting stakeholders plus the receipt by first lien claim holders of new exit loans and 100% of reorganized equity subject to dilution by any rights offering shares or management incentive plan. Incorp proposals do not contemplate any recovery for convertible notes. Unsecured claims other than convertible notes would generally be reinstated or paid in full. The U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission and the Commodity Futures Trading Commission each filed complaints on Tuesday against FTX founder and former CEO Samuel Bankman-Fried and FTX entities, charging Bankman-Fried with defrauding customers and investors in violation of U.S. Securities and Commodities Exchange laws. The complaints make similar allegations and seek similar relief from the U.S. District Court for the Southern District of New York, both asking the court to enjoin the defendants from engaging in further unlawful conduct, prohibiting the defendants from participating in certain specified securities and commodities trading activities, and ordering the defendants to disgorge all benefits received as a result of unlawful activities. The SEC and CFTC also seek monetary civil penalties. Bankman-Fried was arrested Monday evening in the Bahamas at the request of the United States and is expected to face extradition to the U.S. On Tuesday, the U.S. Attorney Office for the Southern District of New York unsealed its criminal complaint accusing Bankman-Fried of wire fraud, money laundering, campaign finance violations, and related conspiracy claims. Separately, on Thursday, the FDX Group debtors filed a motion to put in place bidding procedures for the sale of non-debtors Embed Financial Technologies and Ledger X LLC and debtors FDX Japan Holdings and FDX Europe AG. Top Red Stories this week included Sector Insights to offset inflationary pressures and higher interest. Cruise companies need 15 to 20% pricing growth compared with 2019 levels. Royal Caribbean Carnival returned to capital markets in Q3 to push out maturity walls. Sears Authorized Hometown Stores LLC filed Chapter 11 Delaware. Energy's acquisition of Vivint avoids change of control. Agent provisions and credit agreements allow up tiers without lender consent. Team Inc. Update, Chart Industries Primary, Oregon Tool, Team Health, Vantage Elevator, Zio Private Loan Reviews. Loan Depot 2025 note holders gearing up for potential talks with company non-pro rata up tier exchange possible. Now here's Kathy from Los Angeles with the week ahead. Hello, this is Kathy Ta. The week ahead is a leaner one as we enter the final weeks of 2022. Up on Monday, December 19th, for conditional approval, is the Ruby Pipeline's disclosure statement in connection with the debtor sale and reorganization toggle plan. The debtors recently announced Tallgrass MLP operations as the successful bidder for its pipeline assets, with EP Ruby, a wholly owned subsidiary of the debtor sponsor, Kinder Morgan, as the backup bidder. The debtor expects that either bid, together with sponsor settlement proceeds and cash on hand, will be sufficient to pay all unsecured note holders and general unsecured creditors in full. All your holdings will also be in court on Monday to get approval of a revised plan-related settlement with sponsor Paragraph Partners and the notes trustee. The party's latest settlement comes after an impasse among the parties that saw both the debtor and the sponsor assert notices of breach and termination under their investment agreement. Turning to Tuesday, December 20th in LTL management, Judge Michael Kaplan will take up competing exclusivity motions with the debtor seeking to extend its exclusive periods on the one hand and the official talk claimants committee pressing to terminate the debtor's exclusivity on the other hand. The judge will also be revisiting a temporary injunction order he entered against the states of New Mexico and Mississippi from proceeding with consumer protection lawsuits against OTL parent Johnson & Johnson and other non-debtors. 
That same day in litigation coverage of surprise medical billing legislation, the Texas Medical Association and LifeNet will be pushing for summary judgment in their Eastern District of Texas suit against the U.S. Departments of Health and Human Services, Labor, and Treasuries final rule implementing the No Surprises Act. The plaintiffs argued that the new rule, like the interim rule they got invalidated, violates the statute's unambiguous terms by skewing the independent dispute resolution process toward the qualified payment amount. The next day, Wednesday, December 21st, Ector County Energy Center will proceed with confirmation of its amended liquidating plan, which is expected to be on a consensual basis. The debtor struck a global settlement with Direct Energy Business Marketing, among others, that resolved Direct Energy's asserted $403 million litigation claim after a mediation. That's it for me on this Friday, December 16th. Fun fact, on this 350th day of the year, the Boston Tea Party occurred at Griffin's Wharf in Boston back in 1773 as a protest of the Tea Act that granted a duty-free monopoly over the sale of tea, silks, and other goods in the major ports of the colonies to the East India Company. Approximately 340 chests of tea weighing over 92,000 pounds imported by the company were dumped into the harbor that night, which was worth more than $1.7 million in today's money. It is considered the first major act of defiance against British rule. Lesser known is that about four months later in April 1774, New York had its own revolutionary stance, first by turning a ship back to England with 698 chests of tea, double the amount in Boston, and a few days later by dumping 18 chests of tea into the Hudson River that belonged to the captain of another ship. Now back to you in New York. Thank you again for listening to this Rear Weekly Review. Find all our podcasts on rear.com webinars and podcast page, as well as Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Amazon. Hope your families are healthy and safe. Have a great weekend and see you next Friday.